The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Mike Gillen. Hey, hi, John. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Listen, before we get started, I got to tell you a quick story. All right. Are you ready for Bring this Bring it one? on. Listen to me. Uh, you know that I have a mom. I have a mom. You, we, most of us do. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a mom. I've uh, been an influential person in my life. Um, I also have a mother-in-law uh, right. who, who worked for the FBI for wow. over 35 years. No, I don't think that, too many people can say that. No, an interesting, interesting right. person. Yeah. She had a thing in her office where they could do background checks, and I toured her office one time, and I was like, well, if you did a background check on like Ted Bundy and all this stuff would show up, I'm like, what would happen if you did a background check on somebody like me? She looked at me, she goes, oh, I've background checked you. Oh, my word. <laughs> so, you know, I got a mother-in-law, and, and I, I have two older sisters who are uh, well-accomplished, yeah. and, and I have a wife, and then I have two outstanding daughters, and of course, you know, you know, you know all yeah, these I people, do. right? And so my point is, is that, you know, in John's worldview, is I, I have always in my whole life been surrounded by strong, successful, amazing women, right? And so I, I have that worldview, and so... And particularly having daughters as they were kind of growing up, I was always trying to be more intentional about having my eye aware for strong women uh, who are doing cool stuff because I wanted to be uh, able to find mentors for them and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so we have a guest today that is one of those examples. I mean, so strong, like in her leadership and her entrepreneurship and uh, her life story. Uh, And Mike ties to the White House kind of stuff like this is crazy. Wow. I'm not like that. I kid you not. And on top of that, just adorable. Just one of my most, I mean, you think about like, if I'm having a bad day, who would I want to go get a hug from and just sit and hang out with? And, you know, could help a CEO run America. That's my guest today. Hmm. That is Elaine Armstrong. Elaine, are you there? I'm here. Hi, John. Hi, Mike. <laughs> it's great to talk with you. I am so glad to have you here uh, on the show, and uh, I appreciate being part of it. And, you know, from the first time I met you, I was so impressed by you, and I've always just been so impressed with all the things you're doing. With a highlight on, you have been a successful woman in leadership, and you've always promoted that. So can you open up with just some thoughts about uh, about the importance of having women in leadership and development of women leaders? I'd be happy to. And... I tell you what, this story begins back in South Georgia. It begins in a church basement with a Girl Scout troop and a troop leader who was sharing with us in one of our badge sessions. You know, we have these classes, and after you complete the badge, the uh, the task for the badge, um, you can check that off your list, and you can add that badge to your beautiful uniform top. But one of the things that our Girl Scout leaders always uh, spoke to us about was being a great citizen, being responsible, um, using our leadership in small ways, in small ways to be helpful in our classroom, to be courteous and kind with other classmates, other Girl Scouts, even strangers, how to conduct ourselves 
so that we're courteous and amicable, even when we're moving around in our day-to-day things. And just saying, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. It doesn't cost anything extra to smile. It, um, it certainly makes the world a better place with folks who are willing to do those things that leaders do from an early age. And so it was just astonishing for myself and the other girls to be able to learn these things at such a young age. And I tell you what, John, it really helped me when it came to Girl Scout cookie selling time. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, you know, when I think about you, you know, um, you and I serve on a board together. And when I got on the board, you know, I was the new guy in the room and a lot of people knew each other. And, you know, I didn't know that many people in the room, but I immediately connected with you. And then every time I go to board meeting, I always kind of seek you out. And I think a part of that is that that nature from your background. And, you know, it's it's like one thing is that it helped you sell a ton of Girl Scout cookies, but then it's helped you do big influential stuff later in life. Because yes. as a leader, you're attracting followers. People want to be around you. They want to connect to you. Is that right? That is absolutely true. And that's the thing. Um, leadership, a leadership trait is something that actually you don't really aspire to do. It's by doing things the right way. It's by being responsible, conscious, um, that you actually inspire others to evolve and present their best selves. Oftentimes in organizations, it's been proven in research that we've done, um, those who exert the most leadership sometimes are the ones that don't even have a title that equates to that leadership ability. Well, you know, the other thing I find so fascinating about you is that you're a strong leader and you're a strong leader in what we'd say is sort of non-traditional roles and non-traditional places. And then also you're very feminine. You're very much... Uh, the Southern personality. I always tell my daughters, my wife about you that I want them to meet you because I think they just would eat you up. They just adore you. That's how cool you are. And so you've talked about that, that you've been in these non-traditional roles, but also still very feminine, very much a woman in those spaces. Can can you talk about that? Certainly. Um, I am a proud Florida A&M graduate where I received my undergraduate degree. And that April after graduation, I was prepared to go to seek my master's degree at Georgia Tech, and it was there that I majored. Um, I was in the College of Architecture, and um, and it was there I was really able to dig into my desire to design, to shape spaces and livable spaces, make them more livable for communities, for thriving businesses and industry. And I was able to uh, spend two years there at the College of Architecture and um, and graduate from there and start my first real job, I would say, in the natural gas industry as the commercial industrial engineer for uh, the largest natural gas company in, in the North American region. And um, I was responsible for constructability for new projects. And I tell you what, John and Mike, one of the things I always did, I love, like you said, I'm a Southern girl, so I'm a Southern girl with pearls. And um, so I wore the strand of pearls that my grandmother gave me on my 16th birthday um, almost every time someone saw me until I really got the nickname of pearls. And um, and it was it was really, a, I think it was an unconscious thing to remind the guys, yes, I am 
um, a great engineer. I'm a great designer. However, I'm still the girl here. Um, I, so they used to say, here she comes with her pump pearls and hard hats. I love it. I love it. Well, and I think that to me, that's encouraging to young women that you can fully be feminine, be a woman, and you can do anything you want, right? You don't, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can, it can be both. And, and you have yeah. done it. You're continuing to do it. And that's, that's part of your message today. Is that correct? It certainly is. And I tell you, just recently, as a, a female uh, business owner, I just completed the Women's Entrepreneurship Program at Cornell University. That was a fabulous experience. And one of the main things I took out of there, it validated something that I have, have uh, dealt with and other women leaders have dealt with, being women leaders in business world. Um, yes, there are some things that are are unique for women leaders. And the thing I loved about it is that they didn't shy away from saying, um, you know, is there are some challenges for all business people, but women do face some unique challenges. But this is how you overcome it. You know, we're not there to, um, you know, to, to try to make excuses, but this is how you overcome it, actually by using some strategies and techniques to really be able to dig in and take and um, and be able to share maybe things in a way that are unique to women in how to provide business solutions, business strategies that actually end up giving us the competitive edge, maybe competitive advantage, definitely leveling the playing field. That's awesome. I want to take a quick break, but before we do, I just want this story I just wanted to mention to you. So I recently was in New York City at one of the most influential, largest commercial real estate conferences in the world, and it was for shopping centers. And I'm running around there and I'm telling you how many people at this, at this conference, there may be 10 uh, black people in the entire conference. Okay. And multiple mm-hmm. times when I was sitting in meetings, I was talking to the person across from me and I'd say, Hey, I just want to bring this up. I'm like, have you heard of so-and-so? Yes. You heard so. And I named four major leaders in the commercial real estate area and shopping centers. And I was like, you've heard of all of them. And they were like, Oh yes. Oh, they're all major players. I said, do you know, they all went to the same university. No, they all went to Florida A&M. Isn't that interesting? Like, it's like 40% of the people. Really I mean, it's interesting, and I'm not surprised. Not surprised. That is not. the foundation right. for, for success, and I'm so thankful for Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Got that right. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but I want to come back and talk a little bit more about leadership. Uh, this is John Crossman, The Crossman Conversation. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. 
I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. This is John Crossman, and I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company, and they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality, and my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list. Once again, here is John Crossman. We are back here at the Crossman Conversation with my good friend, Elaine Armster, and she is the Chief Sustainability Officer with Linkscape 360. And she also is on the Florida A.M. University Foundation board with me. We've served on that number of years together and been involved in a lot of cool things, raising money. And we were just talking about the global impact of uh, FAMU alums all over the world. And I was talking about real estate, but like, gosh, that's just one example. But we know like from the mayor of Atlanta, mayor of St. Paul, you know, all across the scape and about every area you can think of, FAMU grads are out there doing great things. So uh, thanks for coming back. And so with that as a setup, because you came from this out at the University that taught leadership, can you dive into that of like, what was it about FAMU and HBCUs that makes them so good at teaching leadership? Well, John, that is something that I love sharing with other leaders when we're gathered. And what if I could try to just boil it down to one point, I think that they're so spot on about the intelligence that's needed in order to be a great leader and how that really moves across the spectrum and hits a lot of points that perhaps others may not consider, but Part of the, I would say, the African-American experience is being sensitive to those points. And I think when you combine that with the intelligence that our students have, I mean, as our president, the president of my era, President Humphreys, would always say that he would, um, he, he's looking for the best and brightest, and he revels in the idea that he would get students to commit to Florida A&M who had offered who had been offered by Ivy League schools. And we exceeded that number throughout the entire tenure of my time at Florida A&M. So it's a really delicate mixture of all sorts of intelligence that's needed in leadership and the life experiences of oftentimes the students that came to Florida A&M, but they all were very strong in their desire, and they knew that they were there to make this world a better place and to do so by, by being very innovative and being very intelligent. Well, you know, it's funny, Elaine, that um, I'm, I'm going to say the name of this university, and I'm not saying it to, like, hurt them. I hope I'm saying this in a way to, like, inspire, like, guys think about this a little bit. But I, I, I recently spoke at the University of Central Florida, who has a lot of great things going on. Um, that said, I was in their business program, and oh my gosh, 
um, the students were dressed so unprofessionally. Like, I, I mean, there's like, you might say, well, John, were they dressed casual? I'm like, no, they looked like they were dressed like going to the beach. I mean, it was just uncomfortably unprofessional. And I was sitting there looking at some of these students. I'm like, if you were a freshman walking into SBI, uh, the School of Business Industry at Florida A&M University, you would get bounced so quickly. And it was funny because the, the day after that lecture, I was actually with you and we had a presentation from the dean of SBI at FAMU to our board. And she had a slide. If you remember this, Elaine, she had a slide on professional dress and attire, yeah. right? A slide on that. And so I always tell people, if you guest lecture at the vast majority of universities in America, you'll go in and the kids are in shorts and baseball caps and some look like just rolled out of bed or whatever. And then you guest lecture at Florida A&M and every kid is in a business suit, every single one of them. And they are so polished and professional and smart. And you start thinking to yourself like, oh my gosh, if I had to go to New York City tomorrow and I had to bring an intern with me, this is who I want to bring. And so they are teaching skills that other universities are not teaching. And it's part Mm -hmm. of being a leader, right? Like I always tell people when, when I get to our board meeting, I always tell my friends, I'm like, when I get to that board meeting, I really, I feel like I'm the dumbest, ugliest, poorest guy in the room. Like, where do they get these men's a millionaire models on for this board? You know, like it's ridiculous, you know, but it's part, again, part of that leadership, right? Because that leadership training is looking and acting professional and fam you, there is a secret sauce and that is, that's part of it. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. Um, as, as one of, of our HBCU coaches just say, you, you look good, you play good, play good, they pay good. So that in a, in kind of coach speak is, is something that can resonate with teams. But certainly when you entered into our prestigious school of business and industry at Florida a university, it was about being able to have that vision to be able to fully articulate the mission and the strategic direction. I think from day one, that also sets us apart is that we, we are able to share and articulate with our students how to be strategic thinkers. Mm. I think that's absolutely a really, really, really good point. The other thing I see all the time is a lot of universities, maybe the majority of them, they have alumni bases and they do like a good job, but it's not like the alumni base at FAMU where there's a constant coaching. Like if, um, if you're a, a, a VP somewhere and you become a senior VP, it's like that FAMU nation really is on you and the HBCU nation is on you and supporting you. And in the same way, if you were doing something that wasn't so great, they're going to get on you that way too, right? And uh, it's, it's, you, it, it makes for a, a little bit higher level of accountability and I think it makes people sort of lean in harder, right? Again, when we see Absolutely. this small university with so many leaders in so many places, there are these key things. And I, I think that alumni stickiness and push, that's a thing. And do you, have you felt that yourself, Elaine? I certainly have, John. And, you know, it's something that each of us use to our advantage to actually continue um, sharpening the saw. We know that sharpening the saw is one of Kobe's seven, seven traits of, of great leaders, mm-hmm. effective leaders. And so, I think what you just described so eloquently is the fact that Florida A&M alum, 
we are always trying to sharpen the saw. We're trying to reach for the next thing, the future of work. We're looking and aspiring to do and be that leader on the course and setting that course for the future of work. And whenever we're gathered, you spoke about the alumni group. It's an awesome and, a, and incredible, I would say, cornucopia of exchange of great and brilliant thoughts and to be able to kind of share kind of some, uh, some, some real life scenarios and be able to merge the best outcomes of thought from that mix. So I 100% agree with you. That was great the way that you characterized that. Elaine, I got one last question for you and we're going to uh, wrap up. Uh, and I want to give you a visual, okay? I want you to visualize that seated in front of you are my two daughters. And one is a freshman and one's a sophomore in college. And they're looking at you and they're saying, uh, Elaine, Miss Elaine, <laughs> what <laughs> advice do you have for us as we go through college and go in the world? What's, what's, what's the big message you would put on my daughters as far as being successful and being impactful in the world? What would you want them to know? Wow, that would be an awesome privilege, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Yes. I would say to them, you are enough. Mm. It is within you. Success is within you, and actually that is the key. I think the Wizard of Oz story is one that we sometimes miss just what that message was. Mm. Dorothy thought she had to get somewhere to be somewhere, but all the time she had within her and on her what she needed in order to propel herself to the height and the goal that she sought to reach. In that vein, and I kid you not, in my office one Saturday, I discovered a pair of ruby red slippers that were at a consignment shop. I purchased those ruby red slippers. They were, they're for a child. They're for a little girl. And I have them on my credenza. I glance over at that credenza whenever I feel challenged because what those ruby red slippers represent is that whatever I need to come up with, whatever thing that I need to, uh, be, whatever vision or strategic plan that we need to formulate, it's, it's actually within, and we just need, and I just need, talking to myself, to be able to reach in and be able to present that and articulate that to my team. So I would tell your your beautiful, beautiful daughters, because I have seen their pictures on Christmas cards that you've shared <laughs> with me over the years, I would say it is within you. And what you need to do, though, is to become confident, become strong, become strident, and just know that you will be able to climb that mountain. That mountain is not as high as it appears, because as you get closer, it gets lower and lower. But you have to continue to plug ahead so that you can reach the top and reach the goal and cross the finish line to your goal. But you have it. It is within. Amen. Amen. Mike, listen, man, how many times have I had a FAMU alum on this show that's blown you away? Is, yeah, is, 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 is it very amazing? Yeah. You know, 
It's like mm. over and over and over again. This show could just be like every week interview yeah. with some with Elaine and people like Elaine and what they're doing. Isn't and that's amazing? not a coincidence, right? That, no, no, like it can't yeah. be. It, it right. can't be that it's just like oh, these random superstars coming out of this one university. It is something special that's going on it really there. Really is that's, that's yeah. generationally cool. So. Elaine, thanks for being my friend, and thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for sharing so much wisdom with us today. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me. You are awesome. All right, this is John Crossman. This is Crossman's Conversation. And as always, support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production. 